The following is a special sponsored edition of the Big Four Bio Podcast. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Big Four Bio Podcast. Lateral flow diagnostics, those rapid tests that can be performed virtually anywhere without the need for specialized skills or equipment, have been an area of growth and innovation. The Advanced Lateral Flow Conference 2024 will bring together professionals who develop, manufacture, and commercialize these diagnostics February 13th and 14th in San Diego to learn from each other, network, and provide visibility into the future of the industry. We spoke to Giles Hamilton, investor and advisor to life sciences companies, and Mitzi Rettinger, chief revenue officer for DCNDX, about the evolution of the diagnostics industry, the current investment climate, and what's ahead at the ALFC 2024 conference. Giles, Mitzi, thanks for joining us. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. We're going to talk about the state of the diagnostics industry, what people can expect from this year's Advanced Lateral Flow Conference 2024, and the forces that are shaping the future of this industry. Mitzi, for listeners who may not be familiar with the term lateral flow, can you explain the type of diagnostic test this includes? Sure, Danny. Um, lateral flow tests are a subset of in vitro diagnostics, and they're developed for point of use settings. Uh, what, what that means is they tend to be very rapid and designed with the end user who might not be a trained medical or lab professional in mind. And, and some of the common examples that you may be familiar with include rapid tests for things like pregnancy or COVID-19 antigen tests. And there's there's others, but they're used for that quick on-site result without the need of lab equipment, like in an urgent care facility or, or in the field. Um, the, the two examples I just gave you, they're, they're kind of those yes-no tests. Um, however, there's been so many advancements in technology that have led to LFAs being capable of delivering quantitative results. Um, in addition, these, in, these improvements have led to our ability to multiplex results, allowing for that simultaneous detection of multiple targets, which really is just impacting the application and the impact that they have on, on the industry. So for example, instead of you going and, and getting a single COVID assay done, it could be multiplexed as a respiratory assay that would include not only COVID, but flu A, flu B, RSV, all in one test. And lateral flow assays today, they're used in all sorts of diverse environments, um, really kind of just enabling that rapid detection when it's needed. So it might be in healthcare, pharma, um, environmental monitoring, food safety, and we're seeing it increasingly in personalized medicine and women's health. And, and what this illustrates really is just the adaptability beyond the most common examples that people think of when they think of lateral flow test. This has been a time of, of innovation for the industry. Giles, can you give us some sense of 
how it's grown, how it's changing the delivery of healthcare, and how it's changed what's possible. Danny, thanks for that. You know, it's not that many years ago before, if you had a condition like diabetes, um, it was really difficult to work out what was going on with your own blood sugars. And the work that a number of firms did, Abbott and J&J, um, bringing handheld meters into the home to help people, not just people who use insulin, but people who care about their sugar levels to be able to work out very quickly what was going on for them. And that had a huge change uh, for the ability of people to manage the condition at home. And as Missy said, I think the big, uh, the biggest next move was in pregnancy testing and the Clear Blue test and the team that helped deliver that. And really from there, right across the pandemic response, we're now seeing a huge range of these tests coming into a number of different indications, which are helping patients manage their own health. And they're also helping in screening. I think most people will be familiar coming into a really busy emergency room or they maybe got a time where they're a little concerned about whether they should go to urgent care or not. And the availability of these machines coming into people's hands at home and also helping healthcare professionals come to quick yes, no decisions is really making a really big impact on people's lives. In other areas of the life sciences, we're seeing a, a rapid move towards digital integration and AI. What are we seeing re with regards to this area of diagnostics? Uh, you know, Danny, this is this is a great question. And we actually have a session and a poster on this topic at this year's ALFC. Um, like the life sciences more broadly, the diagnostics industry is, is witnessing this significant shift towards digital integration and the application of AI. Um, this evolution is not just about making tests smarter, but it's also about enhancing connectivity and data analysis. So uh, for instance, many lateral flow devices now come equipped with what's called a digital reader that can interpret results more accurately than the human eye. And it would be similar to you know, having an app on your phone that gives your heart rate. It just reduces the chance of user error and it provides that quantitative data that was previously challenging to obtain with traditional rapid tests. Um, AI, and I, I guess more specifically machine learning, enhances algorithms, which allows that improved analysis patterns, you know, being able to see those patterns within test result data, which offers deeper insights that can inform clinical decisions or, you know, public health strategies. This, this integration of AI could enhance early detection of outbreaks track disease progression, even predict a future outbreak based on collected data over time. And we've already been seeing some of this, um, even in some wastewater analysis. Uh, you know, beyond that, this connectivity offered by digital tools means test results can be shared instantly with healthcare providers or integrated into health records, facilitating a more coordinated care approach and it really opens up more options for telemedicine, which is then, again, driving um, more healthcare at the home. The synergy between lateral flow technology, digital innovation, and AI is just propelling diagnostics into a new era of efficiency and precision and, better yet, accessibility. And we're just all excited about what's to come. Giles, at the upcoming ALFC, you'll be speaking on the investment climate for the industry, I know we've had a rough couple of years in the life sciences more broadly. What's the climate for diagnostics like these? 
Danny, that's a, a great question. I guess if you're the person who's just received a great investment check, it's looking pretty good. And if you haven't got one, you're not feeling great about life. <laughs> um, you know, if you look at the stats, the Venture Capital Association North America has got really good stats on what happens year on year, and they go back about 10 years. And what the numbers are telling us is in diagnostics and generally, we had two really big peak years in 2021 and 2022. And investment more or less doubled, very largely sparked by the CB19 pandemic. And what's happened in 2023 is the numbers have kind of halved. But you know what? They're back to where they kind of were between 2018 and 2020. So it feels like the party's over, but the money's kind of more or less where it was. Some of the deal cycle times are taking a fair bit longer. Uh, people are taking a little bit longer to think about their relationships and what they're going to get into. And given investments are really big decision, both for the provider and the company, sometimes that extra time can be a good thing for both parties. Looking in terms of, you know, what's coming up and, you know, what's getting uh, support. Um, as Mindy said, I think digital health integration is a really important thing. And there are so many new biomarkers and other indications of health are being discovered. There are new opportunities to create diagnostics all the time. One thing I'd maybe say to be cautious of, cautious of is uh, where the poor relations really in diagnostics. Some other parts of life sciences have been more of a peak and uh, a boom time than we have. We've tended to be a, a steady eddy of the world and the overall investment level has stayed a bit steadier than some of the other sectors. What does it take for a company to get funded today? And, and where do you think the greatest opportunities for growth lie? Oh, Danny, I wish I had a crystal ball. I could make some real money. <laughs> um, you know, I think the fundamentals are always still there. Uh, if you've got a, an unmet clinical need uh, that physicians and patients, you know, can really make a difference in a decision to people's lives, that's always very, very ripe territory to get support. I think the other area is where there's existing reimbursement, because whether it's in the US or overseas, um, you could have the greatest innovation in the world. Um, but if you haven't got coverage for that, you're going to struggle to get investment. So I would say that the main areas are those which are, have got into reimbursement uh, or are likely to get it. Uh, as Mitty said, I think some of these additional areas in integration with digital health and other parts of health systems. And the usual story, you know, companies that have got a great idea, great management, and something that people really, really want. It's not that different to other industries. If there's real demand for something, the money will follow. What advice would you offer innovators looking to secure investment? How can they best position themselves and improve their odds for success? Wow. Uh, those are two great questions, Danny. I mean, you maybe want to do the Napoleon thing here. Look around your team and say, they might be great, but are they lucky? Um, more seriously, uh, I think the classic uh, discipline of what your value proposition is, making sure people want it and having a good team are really, really important. But I think the value proposition has changed. You used to be able to turn up maybe 10, 15 years ago saying, you know what, a lot of patience for this. We've got some ways in which we can improve outcomes and save some money. Now you have to provide a lot more information, particularly around who's going to win, uh, map out the value chain, who's going to make some money as a result of your device, as who you're going to save money for, and really, really good evidence of who's going to pay for it. And, you know, I think in terms of being one of those companies get funded, there's nothing quite like getting together with your peers at conferences like ALFC, because we're all pulling on the same rope here. 
we're trying to do something for our companies and for our patients. And at a business to business level, there's usually a huge amount of help and advice can come from conferences like this one. So I'd say maybe how to position yourself and improve your odds. Speak to your peers, listen to who's got there and just be frank about your journey. Well, let's talk about the conference. Mitzi, who does the conference attract and why should someone attend? Um, an, another good question, Danny, um, that, you know, the ALFC serves as a crucial focused event for sharing knowledge, sparking collaborations, you know, just as Jill said, and really showcasing innovations that are going to help drive the field forward. It attracts a, a very diverse group. Um, there's product developers, investors, researchers, consultants, healthcare professionals, and really they're all looking to just stay ahead in diagnostics. You know, I, I would encourage someone to attend to gain these insights into the latest trends and innovations and to network with your industry leaders. As Jal said, these connections and these networking events and learning from each other is really what's gonna help across the board from taking that idea all the way to commercialization. The theme of this year's conference is Flow Forward. Why Flow Forward? Flow Forward represents our commitment to innovation and collaboration, really pushing the industry to new heights. Uh, we talked a little bit about how the pandemic accelerated the industry in, in terms of awareness about rapid tests. To meet the incredible demand for the COVID tests, the industry really built out the capability and the capacity that didn't exist before. So now the lateral flow industry is in this very unique position to capitalize on this momentum and look forward to the future for what's possible and, and what's next. It's a, a full agenda this year. Can, can you highlight some of the sessions that you're excited about? Absolutely, Danny. We have some amazing sessions and speakers this year, including Dr. Dan Simontoff from Meridian Bioscience, Sean Redman from Quidel Ortho, Hamid Ghanadon from the Linus Group, and of course, Giles. Uh, we also have Dr. Eric Lai, the team lead for Radex, which was the major source of funding for COVID test development. He's, he's also the scientific lead for the NIH's new independent technology assessment program, which is also known as ITAP. He's going to explain this exciting program and what it means for the diagnostic developers in the audience. My friend and colleague, Dr. Pat Vaughn, will be presenting a session called Future-Proofing Lateral Flow, insights from more than 500 LFA development programs over 30 years. You know, he worked to design this session to really support the developers and the investors in the room so that they can learn from his experience working on so many different novel tests. And I'll Follow up with a few more agenda highlights. We're going to have three panel discussions with various experts in the industry, including Elizabeth Schaub, CEO of High Touch Group and best-selling author. Um, we've added a couple of, of new things to the agenda this time. Um, we have lunch and learn sessions, which are educational sessions covering the fundamental concepts and techniques in lateral flow technology. Um, a poster session, which explores a wide array of topics from technical advancements to case studies and application insights. And we'll end the event on February 14th with this closing reception and award ceremony. 
And we really hope our attendees join us for our final evening of networking and the announcement of the winners of the prestigious 2024 Advanced Lateral Flow Conference Awards. You, you mentioned uh, networking. I, I think while content is always a draw, one thing people look for in a conference like this is the opportunity to network and develop contacts with potential partners and investors. What is the opportunity here for attendees to interact with each other? You know, we, we have many opportunities uh, to interact, but the first two that come to mind um, are sponsors. Our sponsors are our exhibitors, and they come from across the industry, from materials and device suppliers to manufacturers and test developers. It's really the entire ecosystem around lateral flow. And they are a wealth of knowledge. So we encourage attendees to spend time with the exhibitors um, throughout the conference. And we also offer these networking receptions. I talked about um, the one the last evening. We do that um, all three evenings with great food and drink and live music. What advice would you offer attendees about how they can get the most out of this year's conference? If this is your first ALFC, I would encourage you to attend the special pre-session on February 12th, which is called Getting the Most from Your ALFC Experience. And I would also recommend once again that you attend all of the networking sessions each evening. They're just really a great work, way to have conversation in a more relaxed environment and, and to learn from each other. You know, I can say with experience that one of the worst kept secrets about the LFA industry is we know how to throw a great party. So we hope that you'll join us. Where do you see the future of lateral flow diagnostics heading and, and what role do you think AFLC plays in, in shaping the future? Um, I'll, I'll start with this and Giles, if you have anything you wanna add, you certainly can. There are often several ways to diagnose disease or to track a biomarker. You know, in many ways, LFAs are one of the most competitive technologies from multiple perspectives. If, if we're talking about speed, cost, ease of use for an end user, lateral flow-based tests are tough to beat in these areas. I, I think this is why we're seeing so much interest in the lateral flow assays for like home healthcare, personalized, uh, personalized medicine, and wellness space. You know, most, most of the diagnostic conferences that you can go to are just really quite broad from a technology perspective. And this is the only conference that's specializes solely in lateral flow and provides a forum for developers and supply chain to network, learn, and really push the industry forward together. Giles? I think one of the great things about this technology conference and its focus is that, do you remember that quote about advertising? 50% of it's wasted. You just don't know which 50%. <laughs> that can be true of very big, broad conferences, but I think the focus level that ALFC brings means virtually everyone you're going to speak to, you're going to have a perspective that could be useful to you. And thinking about the future and where it's heading, I was really humbled recently learning that 50% of the people on this planet have no access to diagnostic information at all. So there's a huge opportunity for lateral flow to play a role in bringing diagnostic information to half the planet. If you listen to the Gates Foundation and others, there's a huge focus and they're supporting programs there in lateral flow technologies to widen access and also increase access from other means of doing so 
in countries like the US and elsewhere in Europe. So I think the future is bright. I think ALFC can play a great job, a role in helping us get together as a community and help each other. If you'd like to continue the conversation with Giles or Mitzi, you can do so at the Advanced Lateral Flow Conference 2024, which takes place February 13th and 14th at the Hard Rock Hotel in San Diego. For more information or to register, go to lateralflowconference.com. Giles Hamilton, investor and advisor to life science companies, chairman of the boards of Pansia, Transdermal DX, and Cylogica, and a speaker at ALFC 2024, and Mitzi Redinger, chief revenue officer for DCNDX, lead sponsor of the ALFC 2024 conference. Giles, Mitzi, thank you both for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Donnie. Thanks for listening. The Big Four Bio Podcast is brought to you by Big Four Bio, the leading aggregator service of the top life sciences regions around the world. To subscribe for free to Big Four Bio's daily newsletters, go to bigfourbio.com. This podcast is produced by the Levine Media Group for Big Four Bio. Our theme music is provided for the podcast by the Jonah Levine Collective and appears on the album Attention Deficit. Alpha Pup Records.